I dare say that if you have a road that runs through what is named Glacier National Park, it is pretty likely that it's in a higher elevation. But back in 1910, I also feel that there were also likely zero cars driving this route like we see it today. Hi, I'm Chris May, host of This Day in Weather History, a podcast from the Weather Network in Canada. In 1910, the Canadian Pacific Railway had finally completed its transcontinental railroad through to Canada's west. It was integral for not only the flow of commerce in this very young country, but also to assist in populating the western part of the country. It was therefore of vital importance to keep it open through the winter months. Uh Uh-oh. What happened this day in weather history? So here we are. Canada. 1910. So young, so open, and therefore so vulnerable. We gotta get people here in fast because it's been almost a century since we beat back that invasion from the south. And with the Industrial Revolution being in full swing and all, we gotta fill up the vast expanses of land west of the Great Lakes, and there's a lot of it. Taken from a 1911 census, Ontario was around 2.5 million, Quebec was 2 mil. But then it drops off, sharply. Manitoba, 460,000, Saskatchewan a bit better at 490, Alberta, only 375, and BC wasn't much better at 390,000. That's right, Upper and Lower Canada were flourishing, but the rest of the West needed people, and that required connecting the East to the West. But the tricky thing about getting through BC is the nonstop mountain ranges that only ends when you eventually hit the Pacific Ocean. That required an engineering miracle. The Canadian Pacific Railway, funny enough known as CPR, did it and it was marvelous. But in some of those new mountain passes that had been blasted out, the traversing was tough. So at the time, through Rogers Pass was the only such link. Because again, it was necessary. Although the actual rail line was completed in November of 1885, 25 years before this story, it was soon abandoned, and throughout that winter, up to 12 meters of snow would bury the line, and avalanches would effectively tear away the newly laid sections of track. Not a very auspicious beginning. They tried to build a six and a half kilometer defense line, that's about four miles, that cost a ton, but most of the route through the pass was still unprotected, meaning that men and equipment were often called upon to clear the track, and that's where our story takes off. The winter of 1909-1910 was one of those winters where the freeze, thaw, snow, rain, and wind patterns made for a dynamically unstable snowpack. There were several slides and avalanches to start 1910, and on March 1st, there was an avalanche that killed 96 men in the Wellington Avalanche in Washington State to the south. Three days later, on this day in weather history, It was the evening of March 4th when work crews were dispatched to clear a big slide which had fallen from the Cheops Mountain and buried the tracks. The crew consisted of a locomotive-driven rotary snowplow and 63 men. And time was ticking. The westbound CPR train number 97 was just entering the Rocky Mountains and bound for Vancouver. We had to clear this track. Half an hour before midnight as the track was nearly clear, an unexpected avalanche from Avalanche Mountain swept down the opposite side of the track to the first fall. Remember that this day in weather history can be enjoyed a number of ways. Right now, you're listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there is also the daily video short. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective. And oftentimes, they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. 
So after listening to the full story here, go check out the podcast video short on television or online at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. The 1910 Rogers Pass avalanche killed 62 men, including 32 Japanese workers who were trying to clear a railroad line just outside of Revelstoke and Rogers Pass through the Selkirk Mountains, where around 400 meters of track was buried. The 91-ton locomotive plow brought in to clear the snow in the avalanche was thrown. It was tossed aside 15 meters landing upside down. The wooden cars behind the locomotive were crushed, killing all but that one man in the crew. The only survivor was Billy Lachance, the locomotive fireman who had been knocked over by the wind that accompanied the fall. Recovery crews found no casualties to treat. They were buried alive in the 10 meters of hard-packed mountain snow. It was said to have been as eerie as the remains of Pompeii when they uncovered many of the dead still standing upright, frozen, in position. From the worst avalanche disaster in Canadian history, this day in weather history. Tomorrow is March 5th, and this is another tragedy that should never have happened. Back on the January 13th episode of this podcast, I told you about the 1982 Air Florida Flight 90 crash and why it happened. So this is another event where negligence led to disaster. That's tomorrow on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.